Today, we're gonna start a little bit different than we have in the past. Today, what we're gonna do is start with an exercise, or maybe we should call this a little experiment. So let's see what happens here. I would have to imagine most of you listening to this right now are sitting down. So I need you to follow my exact instructions. I want you to sit up as straight and as tall as you possibly can right now. Got it? No one got into an accident? Cool. All right, now I need you to sit up even taller. Go ahead, stretch, sit up even taller. So the question is who moved? Between instruction one and instruction two, when I asked you to go even taller and sit up even straighter, did you make an adjustment? Did you scoot up a little bit higher, get a little bit of a straighter back? I'm gonna have to guess you did, and that's what we're gonna talk about today. We're gonna talk about that 5% adjustment that you just made. Hello, and welcome to The Bigger Life Podcast. I am your co-host, Andy Wozniak, and I'm super excited you're joining us. Here, we're gonna be delivering value to help you build the biggest life possible for yourself. You're gonna be chatting about business, dad life, mom life, balance, whatever the heck that is, the struggles of parenting, the struggles and blessings of working with a spouse, and so much more. As the great LeBron James once said, experience is the best teacher in life. We're here so you can learn from us. Welcome to the Bigger Life Podcast. So today is all about goals. We're going to talk about the good, the bad, the ugly, uh, the reason we're not hitting goals, mainly the reason we aren't all thinking big enough. And I think it all comes back down to that first little experiment we did. It's that 5%. Honestly, how many of you adjusted? Maybe you didn't physically adjust, but you thought about it again. Like, am I actually sitting up as tall as possible? It's like that last little 5%, right? That 5% that we didn't hit, that we didn't just go out and achieve until someone asked us to work a little bit harder. Even though at the very beginning, the expectation was set to do something as good as you possibly can, set up as straight as you possibly can, as tall as you possibly can, but we didn't actually do it. We left a little bit more on the table. And again, that little bit more on the table, it's not like that 5% is going to magically turn into you hitting every goal out there. But the way that you think and the way that you process information and the way that you actually go out and achieve, that is what's going to change it. That thinking of maxing it out all the time, that's what's going to achieve or that's what's going to allow you to achieve some of these big, crazy, awesome goals. It's going to allow you to think bigger and actually achieve way more in the same amount of time. And actually, that same it's probably going to be a little bit less, right? Because if you're actually out there maxing it out, pushing yourself to literally be the best you possibly can be, and then some, your timeline is going to be much shorter. So let's, let's talk about one of these big... Uh, I almost said limiting beliefs, but man, it's so much more than that. It's the culture that we're living in. Right now, we are a right now culture. We are so demanding, uh, and not just with our words and and what we're talking, or how we're speaking, I guess, uh, but how we expect things to be delivered to us. Let me just say a few names and a few companies, and I think you know where I'm going. Uh, Amazon, Netflix, Uber Eats, DoorDash, right? All of these things are right now. Get your items now. Get food now. Get streaming services, movies, TV shows right now, immediately. If I'm on my computer, I can see the same thing on my phone, and then that can be playing on my TV. Um, Any kind of social media updates, status updates, 
we can get we we have access to real time information and ordering things. Everything can happen immediately. No longer is there patience, right? If you go to and order something online and you have to wait for more than two or three days, are you not outraged? <laughs> Be honest, right? Uh, you know, we expect things to happen immediately. And that's fine. And, and I'm not saying that there's a problem with that. You know, that's its own bag of worms. <laughs> We're not even going to go there. But it's that idea, right? If, if you live your life like that, and if you're ordering stuff on Amazon, you're, you're binge watching TV shows or movies, and you're ordering dinner or lunch on even a semi-regular basis from either DoorDash or Uber Eats, no longer do we have this, um, no, no longer do we have patience, no longer are we persevering. And that might sound ridiculous when it comes to, you know, ordering dinner <laughs> um, or ordering, you know, something from Amazon. But when we repeat that so often, day to day to day to day in our personal life, it has to bleed into our business life, don't you think? Uh, especially if you're an entrepreneur and creating things for yourself, or if you're a part of a team that is creating something. You know, we want to see those results immediately. We want as close to instant gratification as we possibly can. And how do you think that that's going to impact setting these big goals? If the goal is big enough, you're probably not going to see any kind of substantial results right away. And by right away, I mean it's probably going to take a few months. We've made a whole handful of business adjustments uh, back at the end of 2021. That This is us speaking about things that we are going through currently. We made a whole handful of adjustments, um, the last of which kind of took place at the beginning of December. And in real time, we are almost at April 1st. Uh, that's... That's a few months, and we are just now starting to see uh, a few <laughs> um, results come in for long-term plays. So we have pretty big goals, and I'm sure you out there have pretty big goals as well. You have to break from today's culture of this right now instant gratification kind of thing. You have to be able to separate. Yes, sure, take advantage of the technologies that are out there in our personal lives. But you also have to remember that to hit big goals, to go after really big things and really make gigantic impact on your life, you have to have patience and you have to persevere. Let me give you two different examples of where people fall flat on their face with goals. And I used to do this too, so I am right there with you, trust me. Um, here is scenario number one. You set your goal, the goal is way too small, you hit the goal, Super easy. It takes you almost zero extra effort to hit this goal. Then you don't set any more goals because there's no payoff. It's so easy that why the heck would I even waste the time to go through the practice of writing these goals down? So that's scenario number one. Scenario number two is you actually are willing to think big. You set this massive goal. Awesome. Good job. But you either had absolutely no plan to get there or you had zero patience to actually execute that goal. You had no perseverance. You were not willing to go through the process. So then you're super disappointed, frustrated, discouraged, and then you're absolutely not going to set any more goals because why would you? The process sucks. <laughs> so you've got those two things, right? Either your goal is too big, there was no plan. The goal was too small. You can basically hit that uh, just by tripping over it. Like there's absolutely no way you're not going to hit that. 
So there's a sweet spot in the middle, right? Obviously, uh, we're talking about thinking bigger. So I want you to set big goals. Whatever that big goal you're thinking of is, double it, right? Whatever you're doing, just double it. And I know that that sounds ridiculous. I know it sounds absolutely ridiculous. But it is literally the only way that you're going to be able to push the needle for yourself. So think about that massive goal. Now you got to back up and think about ways to actually hit said goal. How do you do that? If let's say let's say that inside of a quarter, right, you are trying to add 20 people. You're trying to add 20 more employees to your company. Let's just pick a random example. Your metrics that you have around that, you know, if you think back on a month to month to month basis, you can't say at the end of each month I want to add seven employees or six employees or whatever it may be, you know, by the end of the first 30 days, my goal is to hit seven, seven new hires. And then the goal of the next 30 days, so 60 days in to pick up another six or seven, you can't have that. That, that style of thinking is so results driven. Uh, it, it's going to lead to high burnout super fast. Now, I'm not saying you need to ignore the amount of people that you're hiring. What I'm saying is is you have to change the metrics that you're monitoring. You need to monitor the conversations you're having, the substantive conversations you're having. You need to monitor how many reach outs, reach outs are you doing, whether it be you or whether it be your HR department, however you go about that process. Those are the things you need to be looking at. If you're ignoring all that and expecting all that to happen in the background and you're only focused on how many new hires you have, you're, again, you're going to burn out. You're not going to hit that goal. You're going to be crazy frustrated. You're going to get to the close of that quarter and you're only going to have just a small handful of new hires because you're focusing on the wrong things. Now, if you're focusing on how to pour into people more, how to get your message out there more, how to show value in what you're trying to do, show value in your company right? Fly that flag and be focused on the amount of substantive conversations you're having with new prospects. Now we're talking. Now you can improve upon those things. Now you can really focus on the messaging, um, who you're reaching out to, how you're reaching out to them. If you do that and stick to that plan long enough, you're going to hit that goal. Now you might not hit that goal inside of a quarter. It might take you half a year. Shoot, it might take you a full year. But guess what you're going to do? You're going to get really good at the process. You're really going to figure out uh, you know, the value that your company has or your group has or whatever it may be. You're going to figure those things out. And most importantly, you're going to get the right people. How many of us have sacrificed quality for quantity? Think about that one. That one's big, right? Especially when it comes to goals, when it comes to closing the year and you're trying to hit that number, have you sacrificed some kind of quality just to hit that quantity, just to hit that big metric, that big measurable metric, right? Ask yourself that. The next thing we need to talk about around this topic is, is value and vision, right? We've got to think about a vision. So some people have goals that are numbers-based. I would, I would venture to say most of us would have an income goal or how much money I would like to make or maybe what weight I would like to be at, right? If you want to drop down to under 200 pounds or whatever it may be, right? But let's think about vision. 
And I'm going to try and deliver this point with a little aside, a story. How many of you have heard of George Eastman? Anybody? Does that name ring a bell? He died in 1932. But maybe, maybe you don't recognize his name, but maybe you recognize the company that he founded. George Eastman founded Eastman Kodak, more commonly known as Kodak. So George's vision for this company was to simplify photography for the masses. That's just it. It wasn't sell thousands of cameras. It was none of that. All he wanted to do was simplify photography for the masses. He came out with this first camera uh, in 1888. So it's a while ago, right? Uh, It's been a minute. Uh, Back in those days, you got to think way back there, right? Obviously, we weren't around then, but what we know from history, history tells us that only professionals were taking pictures. You or I couldn't go out and just operate a camera. There was a big learning curve. You had to know what you were doing. So he wanted to make this simpler so that you and I could go out and document whatever we wanted to document. He wanted to make it easier. So he died in 1932. Um, And then obviously the company has lasted since then and they've had a lot of ups and downs. But I want to focus on all the ups and then what led to the major down. So they did a number of things, right? Kodak did a number of things. They made color film, which led to movies, color movies, slide projectors. They made film cartridges. They made all of the components for modern-day photography. And they really did. They moved photography from being a professionals only (laughs) to just a you and I point-and-shoot, right, Uh, disposable cameras, that whole thing. So they did all that. They developed everything from the camera to the film to the flash cubes, machines to develop the film, and even the paper that they printed pictures on. They did all of that. It was in the 60s when they actually made that film cartridge. Here's something crazy. About 15 years later, in 1975, this is a little wild. Someone at Kodak developed the first digital camera at Kodak. Did you know that? That's where, it, that's where it happened. They developed it there. The CEOs and executives, long after George Eastman had passed, they had abandoned his vision of simplifying photography for the masses. Had they just stuck with simplifying photography, do you not think they would not have found a way to pivot and go all in with that digital camera. It's a no-brainer, right? There's a quote out there that one of those executives said, people would never look at pictures on a screen. They only want to see pictures printed on paper. Now, if that's not (laughs) short-sighted, I don't know what is. My goodness. Obviously, we can only connect the dots looking backwards. We can't say for certain what will happen going forward but think about, relate it to today's day and age. And you can think whatever you want to think about cryptocurrency and digital assets. It is definitely a wave of the future. Will it completely take over in the next five years? Who knows? That's not what I'm saying. But this is obviously new technology that's not going to go away anytime soon. The same thoughts had to be true when it came to digital cameras. Sure, this might be a cool new technology that come up, but by no means is it ever going to take over in the next few years. It's so short-sighted, right? What we need to learn from this is that 
instead of leading the charge with digital, they just totally ignored it. Their egos were so front and center and they were only focused on short-term gains. They totally lost the vision of the company, which again was to just simplify photography for the masses. Now let's back up and how does that actually relate to you? Why do I bring that up? So, so, so many people, time and time again, we see it in all the major headlines, down to local news, down to our personal relationships, as well as our business relationships. How many times are people choosing ego or short-term gain or the shiny new thing right in front of them? How many times do they choose that over choosing the long-term play? Even if the long-term play might make more sense, it might align with them more, the short-term shininess, the short-term quick buck that they can turn, that's the route that they go. And if if I can use this podcast as a platform to preach (laughs) from my own personal experience, uh, if you've got to stick to your vision, right? Even if the short term seems much more desirable uh, to to pivot one way or the other uh, and make make a choice that way, you've got to stick that long term. You've got to, when it comes to a crossroads, ask yourself the question, am I sticking to my vision? Am I serving myself for the long term or am I serving myself for the short term? Is this an instant gratification decision or is this an excellent, smart, long-term play? Here's the last thing I want to leave you with. This is a stat that was a little bit alarming to me, um, and I've had to to sit with for a little bit now. This stat is for the United States only. Right now, there are 20,270,000 millionaires in the United States alone. That is a massive number. (laughs) 20,270,000 millionaires in the U.S. In a one-year time span from 2019 to 2020, the U.S. added 2,251,000 millionaires in just a single year. That is ridiculous. (laughs) That is totally crazy. No longer is it special to be a millionaire, right? Like, Like any, yes, sure, that's a lot of money. And I'm not downplaying that fact at all. It's absolutely a lot of money, but it's not special. It's not unique. It's not like, you're rare if you're a millionaire. 20 million, 270,000 millionaires in just the United States alone. Why do I bring that up? Why is this relevant at all? It's relevant because how many of those people do you think had a really big goal and had a plan and executed that plan to hit their really big goal? That's the only way those numbers exist. The only way that you're able to hit stats like that is if you have a goal, set it high enough, achieve at a high level, and don't quit until you hit it. And once you hit it, if you've been running for that long, chances are you're not going to quit anytime soon. I know for darn sure I wouldn't stop because then it's the thrill of the hunt, right? So let's back up to the Eastman, uh, George Eastman story about Kodak. Do you think that if those guys continued to stick with the plan, to stick with his original vision of simplifying photography for the masses and they didn't let ego get in their way, can you just imagine how much more massive, how much more impact the Kodak company would have had throughout the 80s, 90s, and 2000s? Could you imagine how much more relevant that company would be today? 
I, I don't know about you, but I can remember just seeing Kodak's name plastered everywhere over grocery stores, uh, the Walmarts of the world, uh, you know, drug stores to go get film developed. Like, man, you always saw their name. Think about if they led the charge on the digital race, if they, if they stuck with that vision. Man, they would just have completely blown it up. And obviously, they were a very successful company. But here's the kicker. And, and here's where we're going to put a bow on things. Since the executives at Kodak totally abandoned the original vision, now they only employ about 6,000 people. And do you know who their cl- client and customer is? Do you know who is keeping them afloat? The only people that are keeping them afloat? Professional, high-end photographers. And that's it. No longer are they simplifying things. No longer are they relevant to the everyday person. It's because ego got in their way and they thought they could outthink the model. If I can leave you with one simple challenge, my challenge is for you to all think bigger. I hope that you found some value out of this today. I know I did. Going on this deep dive, doing a little bit of research in companies, doing a little bit of research in uh, US stats was really eye-opening. I found a ton of value in it. I hope you did too. I hope you found a nugget that you can apply to your daily life, your business life right away. If you've got questions, please reach out. You can always find us on social media at Life with Waz. And we look forward to talking with you very soon.